Welcome to All Encompassing Chats. This is episode number two and my name is Kylie G. Today we're chatting to homeopath Leia Golden and we'll be diving into all things homeopathy, including what it is, where it's used and how it can help to support you and your family. I hope you enjoy today's All Encompassing Chat. As um, advertised, we've got homeopath Leia Golden here today to chat about all things homeopathy. So thanks for joining me, Leia. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to talk about my one of my favourite things in the whole world. It's becoming one of my favourite things too. That's why I thought I just had to have you come and share with everybody. I have yeah. um, lots of your products in my clinic and um, my clients are really starting to get amongst it, but I also have others that look at me confused and say, what's that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so can we start there? What's that? Yeah, what's that? No, I totally get that all the time when people say, what do you do? And I said, I'm a homeopath. They're like, homeo what? So <laughs> I get it. And it's a, look, it's a, it's a, one of the trickiest things to do is to explain homeopathy because, you know, people understand herbs, they understand pharmaceutical drugs, they understand, you know, other forms like minerals and supplements. But energetic medicines is very tricky for people to get their head around if they're not already sort of used to this world of of energetics if you like so I sort of have to say okay yes it's a form of energetic medicine but I almost like uh, I'm going to explain the word energetics in a little bit or how it it leads to homeopathy because that is where people get really stuck with because they're like energetic what do you mean like reiki or you mean like sort of sound waves so essentially homeopathy it's true sort of definition is that it's a form of medicine based on two sort of major laws of nature or principles of nature that exist. So it's the principle of like cures like. So essentially what that means, like cures like, is that if a substance has the ability to cause something in a person, to cause a condition in a person, then it also has the ability to cure that condition in a person or at least alleviate that condition in a person. So that is what like cures like is about. And and this principle we see through, you know, it's been around for centuries essentially, and it's even used in Western medicine. So in homeopathy, the like cures like principle is used in the term that, for example, uh, you know, if you were to get gastro uh, and you've got vomiting and diarrhea, that in homeopathy, we might prescribe you arsenicum album. So arsenicum album is a homeopathic potency of the poison or the heavy metal arsenic. Now we know from toxicity reports, if you were to take or ingest too much arsenic, like a high crude dose, you're going to get vomiting and diarrhea. But when we homeopathically potentize it, so we sort of put it through a very specific process that takes it down and strips it down to just the vibrational profile if you like of the actual substance so not the crude substance with the actual molecules we're talking about the energetic sort of potency of it the vibration of it then when we give that to a person who has vomiting diarrhea it has the ability to to uh, alleviate it so that is the sort of the like you is like and you can see this even in western medicine so they call it the paradoxical response. And they say, oh, we don't get it. We don't know why it happens. Very confusing. We'll just call it the paradoxical response. But I can very much explain it to everyone, to them all, to every doctor. It's just homeopathic principle of like cures like. So they use it. You look at Ritalin. Ritalin is essentially 
medical grade speed in a way. And who do they give it to? Children who are very amped up and restless and kind of sped up ADHD kitties and it calms them down. So if you give Ritalin to a, a very, you know, calm, healthy, um, balanced person, they're going to be bouncing off the walls. They're going to get really razzed up. They're going to be, oh God, I'm almost promoting it, full of energy. It's not good, obviously. <laughs> It's not good to take. I know we're all like do so much housework. You're like, oh, maybe some Ritalin will help. But it's but when you give it to a child who's already in that symptom picture, because you're giving a minimum, a smaller dose, it has this ability to calm them. Now that leads me to lends me to my next principle of homeopathy. So the first is like cures like. So it's a system of medicine that has this, we choose our medicines according to this law of similars. Then you've got the second part of homeopathy, which is this, what we call the energetic, it's energetic medicine or this vibrational medicine or frequency medicine, whatever you'd like term you'd like to use. We, I use energetics, um, but people all, you know, vibrational medicine is also one that a lot of people say. And that is about the law of minimum dose. So minimum dose essentially is giving the minimum amount needed to initiate a change. So we only want to give you, so if we know arsenic, yes, has this ability to cure. And look, I'm not meant to say the word cure. <laughs> not anyone from the TGA listening, you know what I mean. I don't really mean cure. I just mean cure. Just but, um, <laughs> yeah. So if we give a very small amount of, like if we give arsenic to a person, too much is going to create this, this condition. But if we continue to strip it back, so dilute and succuss, dilute and succuss, dilute and succuss, we will keep playing around with that. And this is what all the great homeopaths did, especially Hahnemann, who was the founder of homeopathy, Samuel Hahnemann, hundreds of years ago. He kept going, playing around. So he diluted it just in water. So it'd be like a very small molecule. But he actually realized that if he then started to even take it back beyond this molecule to actually this vibrational sort of profile of it, so just the vibration of arsenic, in our body, the vibration within our body, because we all are just made up of atoms that are sort of vibrating. So we're all electrons and neurons moving on top of moving. So that's hence the vibrate, you know, everyone has a vibration. So when we give that in a very minimum dose, it will create a change. So homeopaths play around with, with, you know, different potencies. You'll hear 6C and 12C. Then you'll hear things like 200C, 1M, 10M. So we even need to be well-versed in which potencies are matching the type of condition. So it's law of similars and law of minimum dose. Cool. So what's the, the difference in the potencies that you talk about? And I, I often have clients who ask me um, what's in that when it comes to, say, the pill yields that I've got. I've got Arnica as a, a good example. Um, and they'll say, what exactly is in that? Yeah. So... It's, you know, this is once again, I, and I also almost need to explain the energetic side of things. Just mm -hmm. so, and I think most of people who are probably tuning in, if you use acupuncture, so, you know, when I say energy, we're talking about, we call it the vital force in homeopathy. Uh, chiropractors call it the innate intelligence. Uh, acupuncturists call it chi. People say it's just the immune system. So that energy, that sort of energy that animates us, that makes us, that you know, well or unwell, that when we leave this earth it's the energy that leaves that energy what we call the vital force this is a, a sort of vibration so essentially and this is why you've got to be careful you can't put your you know people are very happy to 
be chatting away on, on Wi-Fi and use a microwave. They just press a button, some invisible magical rays heat up their food. This is all energy. So this is all vibration, sound waves, frequencies. So people are very comfortable with um, this energy, if you like, of, of microwave and mobile phones and your modem and, you know, things being bounced up to satellite. But when it comes to it being a form of medicine, they find it tricky to get around. But that's exactly, essentially, it's the same thing. This is why you don't want to put your homeopathics next to a smart meter or next to on top of the microwave, because our medicines are made with the same uh, similar technology. So they can interfere with each other. But with when it comes to potencies, so they essentially are vibrating uh, at a different level. So we know that, and, and look, you know, we all know that when we're feeling flat and down and low, we know our vital force, our vibration is lower. So we can feel it. You know, you feel just like your energy's low, your mood's low, and you would be probably thinking your vibration's low. And diseases have different vibrations. You know, it's all this stuff about people swimming in, in the ocean and the dolphin comes up and nudges them and they're like, oh, that's where the cancer was. Or uh, So there is this sort of, you know, disease has its own vibration. Every single substance on this planet has a frequency, has a vibration. And so do we. But when we're unwell, it, it can change. So we need to match, if you like, and go a little bit above the vibration that we're seeing a condition to be. So, and with these vibrations, some things like, and once again, going back to the fact that we're all just elements, you know, we're all made from elements of the same periodic table, but we're all these vibrating sort of electrons and neurons, something like a table, for example, that doesn't have a huge vibrational presence. It's very solid. You know, there's not a lot of movement. It's a very solid matter. Then you've got things like noble gases, like oxygen. You've got things like, your thoughts and your, your, that, you know, telepathy and stuff. So thoughts and that, they also have a vibration, um, but that's very high. So that's, there's a lot of movement. Um, whereas this something very solid is quite slow, quite sort of slow moving. So sixes and twelves, they seem to work better with things like bones and, um, you know, more cellular stuff. So the glands, when I'm wanting to do drainage in a person, so if I wanted to help drain or support or detox the liver, I might do a 6C. Uh, if I'm wanting to, you know, there's a fracture and I'm wanting to sort of help knit the bone, I might use Symphytum 12C very regularly. Then we start to go up to things like 201M. So this is where the condition, the disease, if you like, or, or you know, depending if it's acute or chronic, when it starts to become quite high frequency, so quite intense, so, and that's when we start to move up to higher frequency. So 200, 1M. So they're more dynamic and very similar to a very dynamic condition. So if you've say just got a little bit of a headache, but you're fine, your vitality's fine. You might be going, oh, I'll just take some 30C a couple of times a day. But if you then say you hurt yourself really badly and it's really sore and bruising and the, you know, the bruise is already starting to come out in a big lump you're going to need a lot more of that arnica and in a much higher potency than a 12 or 30 because the, it's so much more of a dynamic sort of condition. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. So even when we talk about high and low, something I've come to learn lately, our energy field um, that we emit ourselves, that's your toroidal field, and the high and the low, um, I think 
it's been bastardized a little bit in spirituality where we go, oh, we've got to be these high vibing mm-hmm. people and this high vibing beings where high vibe literally just means high rate of vibration, low rate of vibration. We're just missing a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I find that really, really fascinating. So when, when somebody's actually taking a, um, whether it be a liquid or a pill, you're mm-hmm. they literally taking the energy that resonant energy of whatever it is that they need in the life treats like what's mm-hmm. the what's the physical substance within the pillules and the drops so everything in homeopathy once you get past a 6x is there's no longer a physical component of it yeah so the actual substance is no longer there so if you're doing things like 1x that's almost like drop dose and herbal medicine so you could have one drop into 99 drops of water and so that would be say a 1x and so once you get past 6x which then starts to go to the the c potencies 6c 12c and so on 30c there's no longer any physical component of it it's just the vibration of the medicine and in a very quick way this is a very simple way obviously there's a lot more science into this but a very simple way to explain how we get these substances into these pillules or into a potency is all because water has memory and it has this amazing uh, ability to take on other substances so for example and and we know this because you can have a glass of big glass of water like you know 500 mils of water and you put a few grains of salt in and you can taste the salt amongst all the water now what we're doing though is by doing this dilution so trying to get it to the minimum dose needed to initiate a change. What we, the key to homeopathy, so diluting something is, is not much. You need to succuss it. So the succussion actually agitates the water molecule, if you like, breaks it open and takes, then better takes on the form, so the frequency of the substance that we have in there. So if we're wanting to make something from Arnica Montana, so obviously this is the flower, the plant, mm-hmm. which we know if you wanted to use it herbally, um, it would be a great compress for bruising and things like that. But when we're wanting to treat it on an energetic level, so on a more of a vibrational level that or in a homeopathic way, then what we do is we will be diluting and succussing, diluting and succussing and continue to do that process until we get it to a certain potency that we want to use. So if you're, you know, really like after birth, for example, I give people a one M Arnica, like a very a thousand, you know, because, you know, we all know if we've had birth, you definitely need a one M. Whereas if it's something just, you know, the kids constantly falling over 200s fine. But yes, after the six X, there is no more active molecule, if you like. And that's what makes it so safe uh, and so gentle, yet it's still so effective. Yeah. Beautiful. So what are some issues that homeopathic remedies may be able to help treat, support, whatever other words you'd like to use? Manage. Manage, (laughs) great one. So a lot of things, pretty much everything. So, you know, in certain countries, in in Australia where, you know, because of the the sort of health system, the, you know, that it follows sort of the big pharma model, if you like, so the Western model, Mm -hmm. uh, or the orthodox model, whatever you want to call it, it's relatively unheard of. But if you go to places like India or throughout Europe or even in London, they still have a homeopathic hospital, South America, they have entire homeopathic hospitals that treat everything. So I'm talking hospitals that only use homeopathic medicines. 
So it can treat everything. Now, obviously, in in Australia, we are we are not primary healthcare practitioners, so we're not ever going to be treating cancer, or we're never going to be treating something of you know a nature like that. But we certainly will be able to support that. So we are allied health practitioners. But some of my so it can really you know it can be used to to help support and manage um, and heal any condition. But as to what you would be going for, it, you know, there's some things like if you've got meningococcal, don't call me, go to the hospital, get some antibiotics. <laughs> so law minimum dose also applies to, that does have, that principle also sometimes has to include things like drugs and antibiotics because sometimes the minimum dose required to cure something might be a drug. Yep. It might be a herb, it might be a deficiency. It's not always going to be homeopathy. So as much as I'd like to think, it, it really is. But there's always going to be a time where I'm going to still, you know, refer someone straight to the emergency. But really, we treat a little bit of everything. What we really uh, excel in is is certainly very acute stuff. So acute's 100%. We just, homeopathy is essential for acute. And if you know, because you've got the first aid kits and, mm-hmm. and I encourage every single household, every mother or father who loves treating their kids to have a homeopathic first aid kit because it's always happens at weird times like three in the morning something will happen (laughs) or just when you're on holiday they'll be start you know some incident so being able to treat your kids it's very empowering as as you know but being able to treat your kids very quickly is is amazing so getting a little simple first aid kit is always a good investment but so about you know basic virals fevers um, coughs, colds, stomach issues, blocked ears, you know, you name it. These sort of everyday little emergencies that happen, homeopathy is amazing. And then, of course, chronic disease. So we can, you know, alongside, now obviously I have to be careful what I say and obviously always go see your practitioner if there's ever any problems. Mm-hmm. But we also can do amazing things with diabetes, with high cholesterol, with sort of heart conditions yes and even if people are needing to take or or choosing to take medications we can still work with them to support them you know so and then of course there's others then we start getting into other sides so things like uh, nosodes or homeoprophylaxis which is homeopathic immunization Mm -hmm. and sarcos there's a lot of different types of homeopathy so we say homeopathy and we think of you know arnica and these sort of classic what we call polycrest remedies like cures like but it, it really goes out. There's there's a lot of ways that we can use the principles of homeopathy and, and in a minimum dose, in that sort of more vibrational dose um, to help heal. Yeah, cool. So we've got a couple of questions here that kind of fit in from that. So I'll chuck them in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Belinda would like to know, how does homeopathy help with all of our emotions, emotional stuff and traumas, especially Depression, anxiety, um, for example, fear of going to the dentist due to a traumatic experience. Mm, okay, this is what I love. So I love the fact, I love working with some emotions. So mm-hmm. because, you know, our pyramid of, you know, if you look at the pyramid, like lucky we don't have the film, so I realise I'm using my hands so much right now. <laughs> I'm sitting um, on I'm, one. <laughs> my husband's Lebanese and I've started using my hands a lot more between my stepmom being Italian and my husband being Lebanese. I'm a, I'm, I started verbalising with my hands. So I um, I love emotional stuff because home, because emotions are an energy. They're a frequency. They're the vibration. And we know this 100%. We know how powerful emotions affect our body because 
you could be sitting there totally fine, feeling really good, just done your yoga, had your green smoothie, life's good, kids are quiet. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call with the most horrific, you know, traumatizing news. Next minute, you can start to shake. You can, you can throw up. You can actually faint. Uh, that is how quick our emotions can affect our physical body. That is the energetic body reacting and the physical body expressing that reaction. Everything yeah. starts on the energetic body. So that's what we believe. That is why we use energetic medicines first and foremost. And uh, obviously you need to, you know, if there's deficiencies and certain things, they need to be fixed up with supplements and herbs and, and diet. But really it is our energetic body that first reacts to anything. And it is powerful. It is what creates most disease. I would say physical disease starts on that mental, emotional, energetic level. We know when we're happy and healthy and grounded, we don't tend to get these, you know, chronic conditions. We don't get autoimmune stuff. We don't get cancers. We don't, and like, I've got to be careful when I say that, but, you know, really a healthy, happy, well-functioning body won't express those genes that create these, these diseases. So in terms of things like, and so that's how homeopathy, and that's what sets us aside to a lot of other natural therapies, like you know, Chinese herbs and, and herbal medicine and, and supplements. Yes, there's all these different herbs that can help to increase your serotonin, you know, serotonin uptake and they can give you more energy and they can help your adrenals work better. So they definitely give you the physical levels. But when we come to specific emotions like fear and, and anxiety and well, anxiety and depression are just, you know, very umbrella terms but fear and guilt and shame and, and um, all these things and sadness and, you know, the list goes on. They are very much a vibration. And when they are resonating in with our body, we can feel it. And we end up getting very sick if we don't express them out. So in homeopathy, what is so great is that the way homeopaths are made is that we actually test our medicines to see how they work. Because obviously we do very rigorous studies and what we call provings. Uh, or homeopathogenic trials is what we should be saying, but provings is what we've always called them. So this is how we trial our medicines. There's a lot of science that goes into homeopathy. So we will give, say, let's say, for example, 100 people a substance, and they're all double-blind, placebo-controlled, mind you. So they're very rigorous, these, these studies. So we might give 100 people, say, a substance of something, and they have to start keeping, you know, records and, and recording, and, you know, there's a very big, sort of uh, research component to it. And so you have someone and they're collecting, say they've collected data for the last you know, few weeks on, on all the new symptoms, what's been happening on a mental level, physical level, and so on. What we find and what people found is that majority of those people all started experiencing the same emotion, couldn't stop crying, really fearful, feeling guilty about the past. So that we saw that these remedies were creating the same picture in all of our participants. So we then got to get this, and, and I'm sure Hahnemann, when he, when he realized this, was just like, wow, because it's groundbreaking. It means that these medicines don't just have the ability to remove disease and, and conditions in, a, in the physical body, they can remove them in the mental, emotional body. They even in our dreams, even the provers, so the participants in the trial, they were even having the same dreams. So we then got to bring all this data together over hundreds of years and, and all around the world, people are doing proving still. Uh, we got to bring all this amazing data together and we get to see this picture, not just the physical 
toxicity sort of report, the, the physical component of what, say, arsenic amalgam can heal, we also get to see the emotional picture of what happens when we give a healthy person too much of it. So essentially, when you're doing a homeopathogenic trial, you're giving them more than they need. So if a healthy person, uh, you know, if an unwell person who's got, you know, say the vomiting or anxiety or whatever ourselves has, if they take the remedy, it will clear it. It will stimulate their immune system and it, the immune system will clear it out. But if you give it to a healthy person who doesn't have any symptoms and we start dosing, 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 you're eventually going to start to produce or, you know, experience the sensations of that. You can't get a toxic response. So you can't get, uh, you know, you're not going to get vomiting and diarrhea, but you might very much start to get the, the urge to vomit or, you know, the urgency that you're feeling like you're going to have diarrhea. You can't have a toxic response to homeopathics, but you certainly can experience it. So we know now we have these amazing pictures uh, like symptom picture or remedy picture of um, homeopathic remedies. And so that's how we then can prescribe them. So everything's, you know, luckily for me, I've, I've, I took part of approving. Everyone at university has to. It's all, it's all the students that usually have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty wild. I almost was about to move to Sydney and drop out. And then my friend was like, it's just the proving. I was like, oh, that's right, the proving. But that's how real it felt. Um, in my mind at the time and until I stopped taking the remedy and it dissipated, the energy dissipated. So, yeah, so we have these amazing things. So, for example, fear of the dentist, like a huge one. So, uh, and mind you, homeopaths, we do two years of um, counselling and psychology in our degrees. So we do a lot because this is such a mental, emotional pictures is such a big part of what homeopathy can do. So, for example, we know that, say, aconite. Aconite has this huge fear of death huge and there's real shock there's a real sudden onset uh, on both a physical level but also on a mental emotional level but there's a lot of fears in there uh fear of death fear of going to the dentist fear of this fear of doctors you know so we know that uh, obviously you have to have an event something's put you into that something's triggering that so it's usually from your childhood whether you're you are conscious of it or not but we know that if we give you this remedy when that fear starts to come up that fear is just a vibration like every other thought every other synapse in the brain that sort of fires across to the its area it needs to go to they're all just electric frequency you know currents and stuff it's all just energy so when that energy starts to vibrate and you're in that sort of layer if you like or that vibration of fear if we give you a homeopathic potency of aconite which we know from our trials has can really in a healthy person can make them quite fearful of things. When we give it to an unwell person who's experienced it, it then can clear from the body. Amazing. 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 I love all of this. Um, I think it was Joe Dispenza that, that refers to emotions as energy in motion. Yeah. That's I don't think enough people know that. I don't think enough people know just um, how, uh, profoundly our emotions dictate how our physical body presents oh yeah the physical body is just the expression of that mm -hmm. of your vibration of that what we call the vital force absolutely so it's, it's literally just the expression of it yeah absolutely and I mean I suppose I probably didn't it should have led this chat with um how how you came to to be in my little realm and why I'm talking to you um and that was acute acute it was an acute onset of physical issues that 
we just couldn't get to the bottom of despite physical testing and knowing what was going on on a physical level I couldn't handle any of the supplements and things that I needed and it wasn't I, I remember the very first remedy that you gave me and I took one sniff and that was the end of the panic attacks that I'd had for mm. years and years and I was like holy shit I've been taking all this stuff for my liver and for my gut and for all these other things because I know all about the physical stuff I know how mm-hmm. you know I know about methylation I know about all this stuff within the body but until we started hitting on the emotional stuff via homeopathy um mm. nothing changed yeah, it's, it's it's really profound. It can be life changing. It Absolutely. really can, and Absolutely. we love sensitive clients like you. Receptive, <laughs> because you receptive. <laughs> oh, thank you. That sounds nice. I, I like sensitive though. I look sensitivity. It's a blessing and a curse. It makes people so beautiful and empathetic and really open. But you also react to the whole planet. <laughs> yes, it also so, makes you an amazing bone therapist. But amazing, it's true. Very. That's what I mean. Very in tune. Like great healers. But yeah. it is also a theme that runs through the body. But no, I, you know, I love when I hear that experience and, and it does, it's beautiful to watch it to people all of a sudden saying stuff. Actually, one remedy that's really interesting with emotions is carcinosum. And I almost give my clients warnings sometimes. So carcinosum is a very, it's what we call a noso. So it's made from disease matter. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's no active molecule. It's just stripped back with this potentization process until it's just the energetic vibration of that disease matter um because like I said everything has everything is vibrating we all have a vibration and so but this particular remedy is all about lifting the suppression of things so if people are suppressing their emotion emotions being people pleasers yes people and just not expressing their truth this remedy and obviously it's got to still be well indicated and fit your personality type but this remedy can really lift the lid on that. And people sometimes say, whoa, I had to stop that remedy because I was losing it at people. Now, I think it's probably good. It's probably, they probably needed to, but yeah. it can, it, it's powerful stuff with the emotions, you know, and it's true. It's, uh, but I, I always put mental, emotional health above everything mm-hmm. um, because, you know, a healthy mind it creates a healthy body. And, you know, you can have someone who's gone through cancer and who's got terminal illness and who's got um, all this pathological disease and condition, but they might be the most happiest people who are out every day doing living life to the fullest. Then you could have a young 18-year-old who's got no physical pathology, but just absolutely depressed and won't leave the house. So you think who's healthier? Like who who would you look at and think they're having a better quality of life? Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be the person who has the amazing mental health uh, and vitality and, and, you know, mental emotional health as opposed to the person who's got the poor mental emotional health. So, yeah, it is. it is. It's a really good, I'm very blessed that homeopathy can really treat that. And even in kids, it's amazing too, especially oh. after all these lockdowns and that. There's a lot of, a lot of people are like, oh, kids are just so sick this year. I'm like, well, they're going through a bit of PTSD as well with all this. Like they are definitely very receptive kiddies to um to energies. And I think watching us, what we all went through for so long, I think they're all starting to really physically, it's all coming out now. Absolutely. And, and I love that. Um, I do find what you said before about empowering. It's empowering to be able to treat your children um, mm. homeopathically. I do find that my seven-year-old, um, has only ever had two half a baby dose of Panadol and that was after he snapped his arm. Um, he's never needed the pharmaceutical medicines 
because I've always supported his body, obviously from a dietary point of view, but also homeopathically. So yeah. he might have a little bit of, the other day he had something pop up and I felt like it was a bit of a cold coming on, but he had a bit of conjunctivitis um, and intuitively, which not everybody is able to use that tool. But <laughs> for me, yeah. I was like, uh, I think it was aconite that I gave him. Yeah, aconite's great. Like, yeah, just grabbed up it. to pulsatilla because I think, oh, goopy yellow stuff. But Actually, aconite, no, it was. Sorry, it was pulsatilla. Because yeah, that, but aconite was, is, yeah. is always the one that I start with very quickly. So because yeah. anything that comes on suddenly, you you can just throw aconite. As soon as, you know, I use that a lot when something first pops up, if they come home and uh, they start with, you know, runny nose or they've suddenly got like funny eyes or they start coughing, you think, oh, where did that come from? You yeah. just start giving aconite and you need to really match with acutes. The trick is with acutes is matching the intensity of the, the condition with the frequency of the dose. Yeah. So if something's very intense or high, or high has a very high vibration, if you like, you need to sometimes do a dose, you know, for a really incredibly high fever, I might do a dose every 15 to 30 minutes until it breaks. Yeah. So I might do four or five doses very close back to back and, and let it break. So something like croup, you know, now, obviously, if not everyone needs to try and treat croup. If you want to call the ambulance and get a shot of steroids, you do it. But for me, you know, I know how to, I, I have a lot of faith in my remedies. And so uh, when my little one had a little bit of croup a while ago in over winter, I just made up a blend. So I actually blended a few remedies together mm-hmm. and I was giving it to him every five minutes. And by the third dose, he, you know, started breathing and calmed down. Everything was good. But um you've got to give you've got to really match it so with acutes always keep that in mind so it's very different to very chronic or mental emotional stuff where sometimes your homeopath will only give you one dose a week and people are like what is that like what is that even going to do I need to take something else I need more 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 um but and this is why I give usually give supplements I do I actually do for a homeopath I use a lot of um, nutritional medicine so I use a lot of vitamins and minerals not herbs herbal medicine is a whole nother world to its own which I I love herbal medicine but I love being prescribed herbs by my yeah. friends who know herbal medicine naturopaths and herbalists but with things like supplements and you know I, I also love to see that side um, you know supported so the physical train supported and then the homeopathics come in and really support the, the uh, vibrational the energetic terrain if you like yeah cool um so oh, we've got a few questions Belinda's just popped up with a comment um how and where can you study homeopathy oh good question Ugh. so uh this is this is like okay so I am going to and it's not it's to, be, to be released soon I am going to be possibly jumping in with the Health Australia Party and putting my hand up to run in the next Victorian election because I have had enough with this this health model stinks Mm -hmm. Uh, and I am a huge promoter of um, preventative medicine I just think preventative medicine is the future you know um, fitness wellness diet diet like body therapies it's the future it's it's amazing so and unfortunately our government does not support it so to study homeopathy like I did my bachelor degree of health science over a six-year period at the Endeavour College that has now been all taken away thanks to the NHMRC report that came out 
uh, many years ago saying that homeopathy does not work. Now, of course, for all of us that use homeopathy day to day, we know it works and we think, well, that's a weird thing to say. But they said, oh, it might work, but there's probably not enough evidence, you know, despite the fact that it's this underneath Chinese medicine, even on the World Health Organization, it is the second most commonly used medicine in the world. It's used in the billions. And like I said, these countries like India and, and throughout Europe and that, they have hospitals that treat thousands of people. Um, so, yes, it definitely works, obviously. But mm -hmm. there's, you know, because about that big pharma kind of model, they're not always the biggest fans. So, unfortunately, this report came out and they know uh, and no school, so there's nowhere within Victoria or uh, Australia that teaches homeopathy on its own. So there are, you'd have to go to the, the Arrow, so the Australian Register of Homeopaths, and that, that's where we register uh, and get our insurance and so on. So they have a list of the places that you can do it, uh, which are all sort of international ones, which are online, which they register. Otherwise, you know, we have these shorter courses. If it's just for you to treat from home, um, dad, my dad, Isaac, Dr. Isaac Golden, he has some really good online ones. I've actually taken on his college, the Australasian College of Hanumanium Homeopathy, and I do, I actually offer now myself, I'm the, the tutor of um, short courses. Now, these won't get you, so they're very affordable, they're brilliant. My dad wrote them. I was very blessed. I didn't have to <laughs> do that. Um, but I do correct them, and I do chat to you if you have any questions. Um, but he's got, he's a now very much run online. Um, and so this is his, when he says he's sort of like semi-retiring, it's actually not, it's like more work, but anyway, um, <laughs> but I, um, I run those courses. So if you, if you're wanting to just learn how to really be confident and, and do home prescribing, then even the courses that I have, and you can always jump onto my, you know, email me if you have any questions or dad still has them on his website. I probably need to put them on mine. Yeah. Um, I'll pop a link up for so that. That's, yeah, that's a really simple way, but if you're wanting to be qualified, then, you know, which is, which is amazing. We need more and more homeopaths, you know, and we're, we're not a competitive kind of, you know, oh, we don't want any more homeopaths. We want it all for ourselves. We are booked out. Homeopaths are busy. Um, and so the more homeopaths, the better, but you want to get a really good education with it. And there's, it's a very, it's not an easy course because particularly with these degrees, you, the pathology. So the health science part is huge. Um, the homeopathic part, oh my God, the best, very fun, because that's your passion, but you've still got to do the entire degree of health science. Then we specialize in homeopathy. So they're amazing courses. I highly recommend to study any form of natural medicine, particularly homeopathy. So yes, Arrow, so the Australian Register of Homeopathy would let you know where you can be a qualified. If you are just wanting to home prescribe, then doing a course like mine or just jump onto my dad's website, the homestudy.net. Um, and if you're a practitioner who's wanting to, you don't necessarily, you can still use homeopathic medicine. So I'm not a naturopath, but I, I supply um, and I, you know, treat and um, prescribe certain supplements and minerals. Um, if you're already a practitioner, so if you're a bone therapist or if you're any kind of health practitioner registered and qualified, you can also do it. So there's even, there's one that's called the practitioner course, uh, which is, a lot trickier it's a lot more complex but it actually will give you not a piece of paper saying you're a homeopath but it'll give you the knowledge to start to add that to your prescription so if you're already prescribing natural medicines for clients and you want to start adding in a bit of homeopathy for the mental emotional or for the you know other aspects that's a really good course as well 
Oh, well, now you've just given me some ideas, haven't you? <laughs> Wasn't just add it to your list. Put well, it on look, list. I just, I just, like I said, I just love homeopathy and I love seeing mm. seeing the difference that, you know, I have a lot of clients who have been buying them lately, as I said, and they're, they're just going, oh, my God, I'm just, I've drunk half a bottle of this, rem- like, anxiety remedy. Oh, my God, it helps. Yeah, yeah, people are always really surprised. I'm like, okay, thank you. No, no, I'm always really happy. I'll tell you the remedy if you want to turn someone. So if you've got it, is histamine. That remedy is absolutely amazing. So hay fever, obviously half the world has hay fever right now due to all the gut issues out there. And so, and possibly some early interventions that occur that create gut issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of allergies, a lot of hay fevers. Everyone, especially in Melbourne, everyone's sneezing away with all those little pollen bombs coming from the the oaks and elms and so histamine so it's a homeopathic potency of the protein histamine oh I'm sure you do (laughs) Uh, and it is amazing and I there's not a lot of people who once they start the homeopathic and I use it usually in a 200c potency because it is more dynamic in its nature when you sneeze 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 you know the vibration of it it's a little bit more dynamic in its nature than just this very low slow condition so I use a 200C and most people never have to go back to, oh, and I won't name any medications, but they never have to go back to, to pharmaceutical drugs because of the fact that it works. So a lot of people who were never believers in homeopathy or, or the term and the idea of energetic medicine, once you give them some um, histamine 200 for their hay fever, they're like, wow. But also always remember the best thing with hay fever is to do the desensitizing protocol before the season. As I'm you know. clinic as well. As you know. I yes. do. It snuck up early this year though. Yeah, it does. You it's need fun. to start it around like, you know, August. So start of August. And yeah. you need to really go, is it pollen? Is it ryegrass? Dust mite I start anytime because dust mites all year long. Um, but ryegrass starts a bit later in the season. So people who are very allergic to pollen, bam, it will, as soon as the tree, the flowers start coming out, they'll start to get it. Um, yeah. So pollen, hay fever starts very early on. Ryegrass usually starts a little bit later in the season. So it's when people start to kick in in like a month or so, sort of even the end of, um, no, you know, October, start of November. And then dust mite is people who have it all year long. They just wake up sneezing, they get enlarged adenoids they're snorers mouth breathers I think to be honest like I've done so many dust mite desensitizing protocols and and people's kids asthma has just disappeared so I have a feeling that asthma is like you know it's only a theory so far because I see it clinically I think it's very driven from a dust mite sensitivity because a lot of these kids who were like oh I'm not breathing well and this and that and dust mite doesn't mean that you know you could have the cleanest house and the best cotton sheets whatever it, it's dust you know it's it's a it's a different Never kind of it. thing it's not like oh you need to dust your house more it's going to stop dust mines no it doesn't work like that so unfortunately so um yeah so the desensitizing but it's always good once you see once someone has a cure and sees it that it's like it blows people's minds sometimes they're like these little pills fixed me like they're like that's insane <laughs> I, I have to do like surgery and take drugs for the rest of my life and I'm like, no, no, just take the pills. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering about, um, I've had, I mean, obviously, you know, my history, I've had some mould issues, uh, mm-hmm. but I've had a few clients in that have had these issues as well. And I was like, I wonder if we can do some sort of mould desensitisation. Well, we can, yeah, that particularly that desensitising protocol, which is, 
I think it is John Gamble's. Thank you, John, <laughs> for lending that to me. I promise I'll give it back one day. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we all get our, you know, when someone finds some amazing protocol, I am more than happy to be like, uh, jump on and, and share it with the world, you know. So yeah. um, that desensitizing protocol, which has potency, different potencies of histamine and then of the allergen, um, essentially it's meant to be a true allergen for that. So we're not talking about an intolerance. So it couldn't just be like a gluten intolerance or a dairy intolerance. It has to be a sort of, I think it's IG mediated allergy. Mm -hmm. So, but I feel like we would, because definitely when I give potencies of mold, um, it can really clear it out. So it's, the problem is that can be with a lot of stuff is the ongoing side. So what we call the obstacle to cure. Um, you know, where or maintaining cause. So obviously you always need to sort out the mold. But yeah, definitely. I would be saying if someone's exposed daily, you know, if they're really living with it and they're not gonna be able to get rid of it for a long time, I'd almost be just doing once a week ongoing. Yeah. Um, because at least you know the body's as this mold starting to try and get into the system with that regular kind of dosage. Not you wouldn't do it every day because it's not like it's an acute intense thing like a fever. You're not having this really intense dynamic reaction. It's a very low, slow, chronic condition. So that's why we give low, slow potency. So we go sort of 1Ms higher potencies, but only less frequent. So like once a week. Okay. So you do, yeah, posology. So, you know, frequency and dose, it's probably the trickiest part of homeopathy. So finding the remedies is brilliant, you know, um, really easy, lots of fun, like reading up on them is amazing. But find the dose and the potency and frequency is very tricky. Mm. Cool. Okay. So um, Belinda had another question that I'm kind of condensed a little bit. So um, are there any gut-specific protocols or remedies out there? In, oh yes, a hundred percent. So you think about with with our substances what we use. So even arsenic amalgam, we know that that affects the gut. So there are lots of protocols and homeopathy. The thing that makes homeopathy so great is this individualization. So when someone comes to me and says they have anxiety, I'm not just going to give them an anxiety remedy. I have to work out what is driving. What's at the core? What's the essence of the anxiety? Is it guilt? Is it fear? Is it sadness is it you know what's driving it because there's different remedies uh, the people when they were doing their trials were experiencing different things so we know that different remedies create different types of anxiety and things like that so it's no different to with the gut one the gut is the second brain so we do have to definitely look at anxiety stress depression because you have just as many serotonin receptors in your gut as you do in your brain so we know that when the brain is stressed, we feel it. And we know that with kitties, they're like, mommy, I've got a sore tummy. And you're like, oh, maybe it's gluten or dairy. You're like, no, they're just, they're stressed. They don't know how to express it. This like, this is, they're just saying the same feeling. We get that squeamish tummy when we've got some really awkward confrontation coming up or not, maybe not everybody, but like most people it's, you know, that we know that it really affects. So in terms of what you'd have to do a good individual sort of prescription but we do have some very general remedies so we also have things like poly bowel remedies so bowel nosodes these are amazing bowel nosodes they're made from very unglamorous things as you can imagine <laughs> elements of the bowel mm -hmm. um, but they are really powerful so if you've got um, too much oh gosh of anything you know e coli it it in itself can start to create so much gut issues 
if you've got Dyntamo eber, if you've got, you know, oh, there's so many different out there, obviously, bacterium, salmonella, you name it, even candida. Candida is probably the most common one that people are familiar with. But if you've got all these bad bugs in the, in the gut, you can do sort of clearing. So there is some protocols which are very set clearings, but we'd also want you to do maybe a stool test to see what specific pathogens are there. So what bad bugs are actually there, because then we could give potencies of that along with sort of these gut support remedies. But also you'd have to do, you know, I when I do gut detoxes and things, I might, I do like to see a stool sample and, and the path results. So I can actually be quite specific and very individual with my, my protocol. I wouldn't just start giving everyone um, potencies of E. coli and stuff like that if I didn't think that there was an overgrowth because that you could get some weird symptoms from it or experience some sensations. But yes, there definitely is, you know, gut is a huge thing and people come to us a lot with gut issues because what do the doctors give? You know, there's not a lot like chronic disease. It's a, it's a really tricky thing to treat. You know, there's all these drugs, but I, I treat so much Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and, and just really try, and they can be a tricky one too, but um, the medications like the pharmaceutical drugs that are given are, often don't end up doing anything all the side effects are terrible so people sort of find their way to to naturopaths and, and nutritionalists and herbalists and homeopaths and so, if yes, you have lots. yeah and if you have overgrowth sort of specific um, types of bacteria it can be quite detrimental to just pop a probiotic without knowing what you've mm. got and and what that probiotic's going to to do like yes yeah. there's a lot of probiotics in the world <laughs> that is yeah. for sure but that is true you know probiotics and sometimes people they'll take probiotics and start to feel a lot worse and and look sometimes yes it might be you know bacteria die off and and so on but I think you are right I think that you have to listen to your gut with probiotics because you might get any kind of detox or clearing is always going to feel there's always an aggravation followed by an amelioration that's the natural law of cure Mm -hmm. um we never just get better we always feel a bit worse before we get better um hence why drugs and things that you like oh I feel better after that I'm like oh okay and you that's often going to feel worse after yeah that's the difference with western medicine isn't it that you it um, is it's sort primary of primary and secondary responses of, yeah absolutely, they're actually swapped over so yeah and you're kind yes. of driving those symptoms deeper with sometimes yes. band-aids yeah. of of um, pharmaceutical medicine and yeah. I do understand that it has its place but oftentimes yeah it's just a band-aid it drives it in deeper and people get mm. a bit confused we, we have that in the um in the Bowen clinic you know it's taken a long time for your body to get into the state that it's in so sometimes you do feel a bit worse before you feel better mm. um and yeah yeah there is no magic cure Oh, of course it's even like even when we you know if you quit coffee or something everyone's sort of tired and got a headache for a while and maybe not going to the toilet as regularly as they used to but yeah. then after a week or so you feel boundless energy and really vital and amazing and and thank god why did I think I needed coffee for all that time not yeah. saying that coffee isn't amazing but um you know <laughs> it's it's it really is the natural the the true order of cure is an aggravation followed by an amelioration you always feel you get a pathogen, you feel, you know, you're snotty, you've got headaches, and then you get better. You know, the body goes down and then, you know, raises up and, and sort of clears. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so where has homeopathy been used on a large scale? Um, what were the results? And are there any kind of studies to support home, homeopathy? 
Yeah, so obviously homeopathy has been going for well over 200 years, like, and the principles have been going on for thousands of years, like the principles of homeopathy, how the like cures like and more similars. But homeopathy as a systemized form of medicine itself has been well over 200 years. And um, so there's a lot of research out there. Unfortunately, not all of it's in English. But of course, <laughs> I'd love to bring up one that I can say my fabulous father was well and truly part of. Um, and that was a huge one. I, I can't remember the figures off the top of my head anymore because it was a while ago. But if you go on to, um, and I do switch between dad and Isaac. <laughs> I never know what to say, <laughs> what's more professional, um, but so unpersonal. So Dr. Isaac Golden's website. So if you do go onto dad's website, the um, homestudy.net, home yep. he's got, uh, I'm pretty sure he's got the education section. I think he's got a research section. So this is where homeoprophylaxis or homeopathic immunization really shines, particularly in a Cuban study that was done uh, 2007, maybe, I believe. Oh my gosh, it's been, who knows, it's been this lockdown. It's like been a whirlwind of like <laughs> when things happen. It was, a, it was a while ago now. It's when they were having all their big hurricanes, like Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that. And they, Cuba itself gets absolutely flooded and they get very prone to a disease called leprosclerosis. Um, and so, which is very much carried by through waterborne and carried into animals and, and so on and then I don't know how the the true pathology of it and then people get very sick from it so they have a vaccine but when all of these floods all these different provinces so there's the more obviously city kind of areas around Havana and that and then there's all these sort of village provinces so they didn't have enough of the vaccine and so the Finlay Institute which is the which is Cuba's um they obviously because of the embargoes they make their own vaccines which for us was such a blessing so the uh, branch or uh, Gustavo branch I could never remember his pronounce his last name uh, an amazing immunologist he used or utilized my dad's protocol so his homeopathic immunization protocol so the doses and potencies and frequencies that he uses because they didn't have enough vaccine and they knew it was going to be an absolute medical disaster like healthcare disaster um, because of these excessive floods that they were not used to so they had enough vaccine to sort of vaccinate all the people in the cities and they thought we need to do something quickly, very quickly and inexpensively. And so they homeopathically immunized. I can't remember what the original one was for the leprosclerosis, but it was in the millions. And then, you know, and they took all the rates and everything sort of subsided and they got this data. And what they found is that the people that were homeopathically immunized had, and that were in the worst hit provinces had lower rates of disease than the people who were fully vaccinated. Now, I'm not saying the vaccines don't work, obviously. Obviously, they can be good at targeting specific diseases. But the rates compared to the vaccination vaccinated areas, the, they were just absolutely shocked. They couldn't believe the homeopathic immunization worked and worked better than what they ever expected. So then fast tracking a while. So they redid that again. And once again, the rates were lower and they just could not believe it. So they even held this big um, conference and, and they were doing it for quite a while. They started to branch off to other countries. Eventually, you know, someone from pharma came in and it's, it's no longer happening. And mm -hmm. the wonderful immunologist Gustavo is in Adelaide, which is amazing, helping our wonderful country now. 
um, with his background and knowledge and, and understanding of natural medicine, but worked in with, with the medical model. So that was, that was data collected from a vaccine manufacturer, a company that makes vaccines for a living collected this data on homeopathic immunization. You cannot get more scientific, rigorous studies than that. Like that is just data that came straight out of a vaccine manufacturer. Who would have thought? And it was funny because I remember when my dad got the email saying, from this Finlay Institute, this like vaccine manufacturer saying, oh, come over to Cuba. We're going to have a conference about you. And they're like, oh, I don't know. That sounds very suspicious. <laughs> but he was thinking they were going to be like rounding up all the homeopaths who do immunization and like eliminating them. But he was shocked. He couldn't believe that they had been using his protocols and he couldn't believe that the research was, well, he knew the results. He knows the data because he's done, see, my father's the world authority on homeoprophylaxis. He's done the longest um, research study into it, long-term studies, and all of the research shows it's about ninety to ninety-five percent effective with zero side methods. effects. With zero, definitely with zero yeah. side effects. Yeah, he, I've so, read some of his studies, and he's just yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's amazing. So homeoprophylaxis, it's that's been really good, but there's so many studies out there. What would have been great is um, so the Australian homeopathic association they're a great resource for homeopathy they also do a lot of talks and even the general public can jump in on them so you can become a general member of the aha or the australian homeopathic association and if you're interested you know there's amazing talks out there that happen all the time and you actually can become a general member you just pay a small fee and you get access to all these different this information now some of it is at a level that is designed for obviously practitioners but why not absorb it it will start to make sense the more you you listen to it you know it will it really will help so there's some great stuff out there but I would say they would have some great research even the arrow would have some so yeah there's so much research out there it's just about um unfortunately even though there's amazing research out there you know from all over the world um you know the British homeopathic association they've got great research from their home their london hospitals even the royal family have their own royal homeopaths amazing. so that yeah they're huge supporters of homeopathy which is amazing and so it's all out there if you if you want to find it yeah and in regards to how things are treated so differently in australia um be it mm. homeopaths be it remedies and whatnot i just want to ask one little question just to get listeners to think for themselves yeah who profits from homeopathy <laughs> um just the home the the users <laughs> there's no obviously, financial gain for there's obviously there's not okay. the problem with with this and that's a very that's a very good that point. <laughs> it's a good point and this is what is really tricky for us so homeopathic medicine one of its most amazing and best qualities is how inexpensive it is mm -hmm. because of the nature of how we make it. It's very, very inexpensive. So I saw remedies for 1250 for yeah. like a very simple single remedies, obviously immunizations, you know, there's certain remedies that have to become a little bit more, more specialized remedies can go up to $20, $30, but really, you know, remedies are very inexpensive. They have huge shelf life, so they can last for 10 years plus if looked after. So not too much heat, not put next to like modems and Wi-Fi's and things that are you know emitting um, electromagnetic radiation. So they're very, very inexpensive. So this is the problem because we don't, and people get better very quickly. 
So you don't have this system, like you give people things, they're like, oh, I paid, you know, $12.50 for this remedy and they cured everything. Thanks, I'll see you in a year. And I'm like, oh, great. So not that I'm saying I want everyone to be sick and see me all the time, but <laughs> it, it means that we don't have money for the funding, for the research. Like you look at Big Pharma and that medical model, that is a medical model that profits from disease. We don't profit from disease. We profit from health. So we're all about preventative medicine. So yes, we, we can treat disease and we can manage and we can support people through it. But where we really try to excel is things like your first aid kits is like, homeopathic immunizations is you know supplements and nutrition so diet lifestyle we also do a lot of sort of counseling and stuff so mental health like we know for sure that that is you know if you've got a good mental health then that physical expression those genes uh, those disease genes are not going to be switched on as often yeah. so we yeah it's but it certainly comes back to us <laughs> yeah and that's some um, I was actually reading something last night uh, about the Heart Math Institute, um, and it was they were talking about epigenetics and the field of epigenetics, and that basically is where while we can't change our DNA, we can change how it behaves via mm. our environment, whether that's mm -hmm. a physical environment or whether that's our emotional environment. hundred um, percent. Yeah, and I'm very I, dynamic. DNA, RNA, genes. You know, these are very dynamic components of our body. They're almost by they're like our thoughts and emotions they're very they're not like a bone yeah. or a gland that tissue which is you know sort of more of a physical substantial matter they are dynamic components and so yes our mental emotional state can very much affect them because that is also frequency yeah and that that term epigenetics when I, I read the definition of it last night I'm like wow and it said epi meaning something other than so epigenetics mm. literally means something other than our genes. Yeah, that's interesting. That's I know, a right? way to say it. I yeah, know. All, all this DNA and gene testing is fascinating. But this is where we're, and in homeopathy, what we, when we start to talk about what I would be saying genes, we talk about something called miasms. And I won't get into that conversation today. <laughs> Maybe we can do a follow-on one yeah. day if people, if people want to go a little deeper into homeopathy. But it is, yeah, what we term about myism. So these are inherent taints, if you like, that get passed on through the genes, so through the generations. So, you know, your great-grandfather might have had tuberculosis. doesn't mean you're born with tuberculosis, but you're born with a weakness to the vibration of it. And when that sort of what we say myism or that energy, that gene becomes active, you then start to express different autoimmune, different diseases, chronic disease, different behaviours. And even when those genes start to get triggered from stresses, whether it's emotional, physical, chemical, environmental, it even changes our mind. So when that, say, the tuberculinum gene starts to get triggered, people can start to get very restless and, you know, very angry and kiddies. You start to see a lot of aggression and stuff in kids. And when we calm that miasm down, it can really calm down that behaviour as well. And of course, it also calms down all the physical things. So a lot of the mucous membrane weakness and things that go along with that that picture. Yeah, and I think the the most empowering takeaway from from looking at all of that is I think it's a common belief that people have that our genes dictate us. They dictate our destiny. Mm. They dictate our future, and they just don't. And and with the support of of homeopathy and many other you know somatic processing or dealing with all of mm. our shit. 
we can yeah. we can definitely change the trajectory. Oh yes, we won't body. we won't express those genes. They won't. That's they'll right. be dormant. They'll lie dormant. They will not be expressed. Yeah, that's why you know everyone. We all we're all here listening, having this conversation because we want to um, tread lightly on this earth and do as little as possible. I, I believe the law of minimum dose. It, you know, homeopathy starts becoming very much a principle that I use uh, throughout my life, you know. So the lower minimum dose doing as little as possible when it comes to health. So just eating really basic good foods and not thinking you need so much of this and so much of that. And even with supplements, I, I say, you know, take what you feel your body needs, but you can also have breaks. You know, if you're feeling really good, you wake up, don't have anything. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there's definitely principles that can be less is more especially with babies and newborns I'm like just do as little as possible don't give them anything unless you absolutely need to just let their body do their thing give them some breast milk and just let the body do its thing yeah. um yeah there's a lot of unnecessary interventions out there that's absolutely sure. um Belinda has said please that would be amazing if you can do another that goes deeper <laughs> so they okay. <laughs> That's nice. Yes, yeah. thank you, Belinda, whoever mysterious Belinda. Thank you for all the wonderful <laughs> questions. I love someone who's very interested in homeopathy. It's, I'm sure you've used it. That's why you're listening. But it is. Yeah. And I, I also can do, you know, I can more than happy to do little first aid courses and stuff like, um, you know, not obviously charging, just like an hour going through our top remedies. And, I, you know, I'm very happy to teach people how to use these medicines. I have a little first aid kit and, and Kylie, I know you've got some great little first aid kits, but it's nice to, once you get those little kits to actually have someone to go through, okay, let's just have a chat about, cause you can read it and it's very nice to like, that's how obviously, you know, that's how everyone's doing their learning these days online, but it's one thing to read it. And then it's another to have someone who uses it every day, chat about it because you just sort of take it on. And also we, we, when we're learning homeopathic remedies we learn them as like a person so we start to get this very strange relationship with our remedies like and I'll say oh you're such a pulsatilla today and my husband's like what does that even mean you know but I'm like oh one day I'll tell you he's starting to get it though actually but when we're when I'm talking to my colleagues and and you know um which just happen to be also friends and family who are all homeopaths we always will say, oh, gosh, they're such a sulfur, you know, in a nice way, obviously. In a nice way. Um, but, you know, that's you start to learn this personality because every remedy has a mental, emotional picture. It has a physical kind of, you know, picture. So there's a remedy picture. So you learn it on every level and, and you start to learn them like they've got personalities because they do. Some of them are scared of this and they get excited by that and they, you know, hate this and they they love ice cream, but they don't like cold drinks. So you sort of have to learn this sort of whole picture. And that's when we start getting into stuff like constitutional. So you guys know I'm very happy to um to do little talks on some basic first aid. And I've got a great little talk that I do on the, uh, I have a kit, which is an everyday emotions kit. But even the remedies that you have in your little kit, Kylie, they also can be, there's an emotional picture to them. Yep. So yes, we're going to use them for, you know, nuts, bombs, the liver stuff, the nausea and us out of this and histamine. But there is this mental, emotional picture as well. So if you start to, if you learn that, you can start to go, wow, their anxiety is going through the roof today and they're being totally OCD and cleaning everything and won't sit still. 
I'm going to give them some R salve. And then maybe they've got watery stools as well, just for the sake of it. So, yeah. you know, you can actually use those same first aid remedies that you find in, in kits. You can actually use them for mental, emotional stuff as well. Yeah, cool. Do you identify that within yourself when you have little moments and you're like, ah, oh, damn, I'm being such a... Oh, that's a really good too. question. I've, I've never... Um, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that. Do I do it? Look, probably... Oh, my gosh. Maybe I should more, hey? Um, no, I definitely... If I'm in... If I'm in a... So I have a homeopath. Obviously, you're never meant to treat yourself or your family. Not acutely. Obviously, you treat acutely. But when we're talking mental, emotional stuff, acute emotions so say your little one's crying and they won't stop crying and they're clinging onto you like god take some pulsatilla but yes I definitely if I was to think about it 100% I have a lot of pulsatilla moments I have a lot of ass owl moments but no I don't actually I can't say I've oh yes maybe Ignatia if I'm feeling a bit crazy uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like why am I so hysterical today I'll be like oh I'm having a bit of a I'll take some Ignatia. Mm. <laughs> nice. So oh, we are running out of time. So last question, mm. and that is, what is the most empowering piece of advice or information that you can share? Wow. I feel yeah. like I have to say something really profound. But, <laughs> <laughs> no but like, in, in terms of, yeah, I feel like that's a, I'll give like what's coming to me right now. Like if you ask me tomorrow, it'll be a totally different thing, obviously. Uh-huh. But in terms of homeopathy, like bringing it back to, to homeopathy um, and medicine and, you know, that, that lifestyle of minimum dose and, and um, I would say it would have to be something along the lines of mental health, like mm-hmm. to make that priority because that is where the energetic body is the you know that is the greatest part of us when we die that wherever it goes and like you know everyone has a different idea of where they think that energy that soul goes Mm -hmm. but that vibration that part of us is so essential to our physical health that that is the part that a lot of people sort of miss they they might exercise and they might eat try to eat well and they're going to you know go to the doctors and get medications for this and that but it's you really have to look after your mental, emotional health above all and and sort of, you know, love yourself and care for yourself. And, and it's all about the people that I see. And actually, if I think about it in terms of what I see so much in the clinic, or maybe let's just say now, because it does go in, you know, there's ebbs and flows, but uh, suppression of emotions is deadly. So suppression of emotions is a dangerous thing that can lead to huge um, pathology. So many of my clients, when I see this, they will will say, you know, the the question will come up, you know, are you a people please? And I know that sounds like a just a very sort of broad, unusual term, but do you express, do you have inner conflict? You know, are you not expressing that? You don't want to live with inner conflict or you're going to end up with the autoimmune disease. Autoimmune, it's the immune system attacking the immune system. It's an inner conflict. So this suppression of emotions, of your truth, of who you are, it can be, it turns pathological. So that is for me one of the most important things that I, I think, you know, meditate, be grateful and express how you're feeling. Um, in whichever way is you know uh, the healthiest way you can so that that I would say would be life-changing for people because um, 
people who are suppressing who they are, who they want to be, uh, it's it, they end up seeing me. They end up in front of me with chronic disease and, and mental health issues. Yeah, they get sick. <laughs> they get sick. So, yes, express yourself, love yourself, have great self-worth. And if you've got any inner conflicts, sort them out. Mm, we only have, well, maybe we only have one go round at this point in time, right? We're here for this one, aren't we? So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we want to learn before the next life so we don't have to put up with this shit again. Yeah. So it's like, yes, I'm a big believer in reincarnation. Makes me have absolutely no fear of death, which is always good um, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm sure we'll be back. Um, but, yeah, you definitely want to try. But, no, it really is. I really see this suppression of emotions is, is a huge creator of pathology. It's an interesting world we live in at the moment with that. Like I'm seeing a lot of that as well. And I, I tell people, you know, if you're, you're swallowing an emotion, it doesn't just disappear. It's still no, there. that just... vibration goes deeper into your system yeah. and it starts to affect you on a cellular level. You know, yeah. we think about cancers and things. God, it's an abnormality of cells, mm. you know. So suppression of emotions, swallowing them down and acting like everything's fine. Those that vibration is going to start affecting you on a physical level. Those genes, it's going to start expressing those genes. Yeah. Uh, and those inner conflicts that people have of, oh, I don't want to create a problem or I don't want to, you know, step out of line or I don't want to offend someone, that becomes an inner conflict or I'm not good enough or I'm not, you know, I'm diseased or whatever it may be. Those inner conflicts we have, they really start to create inner conflicts. That energy will create a conflict within your body. So, yeah, and, of course, I think that's why with lockdowns and things were so troubling because we were literally suppressed. Mm. Um, we were, like, physically and environmentally and socially suppressed, and I think it really shocked everyone because we know how much suppression of emotions can happen to us on a mental-emotional level and then hence a physical expression. But when it's done on such a big term, it was, you know, I think you never want to underestimate how much um how damaging those lockdowns were for everyone particularly for children you know mm -hmm. children were coming up to me with so many night terrors and sleepwalking and nightmares they were really unwell mm -hmm. and that's because of this suppression of on on such a big level so yes vote health australia party Woo. <laughs> get rid of dan <laughs> yes well i'm sure there'd be a few of my viewers that would agree <sighs> <laughs> anywho, anywho, we're tippy toeing some fine lines now, aren't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Had to end it on that note. Of course, I you know, know what we both like. It was always going to go there. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we've done very well to get this far without mentioning what we would love to mention. I know. And yes, but it is Facebook Live, so we certainly yeah. <laughs> we say what we need to. Yeah, we don't want me to get asshole on the second, the second <laughs> chat. Yeah, we don't need that little box underneath every time it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh good cool so um belinda's just commented again just said um thank you for sharing all your knowledge like i'm loving it oh that's lovely thank you yeah always always happy to share anything about homeopathy i think the more people that know about it the healthier this this society will be the happier people are the more light they put out there and then the happier it makes the whole planet you know so homeopathy is really is a light in this world of medicine it really has it is it's a light and that's what it is medicine mm, yeah. it's a beautiful medicine yeah cool so i'll pop some links down for um your dad's site there so that people can access Great. the um educational materials 
Uh, and also, is there a way that people can connect to, I know your books are closed, almost closed. Um, mm-hmm. how, does, yeah. how do they find Look, I'm I And I have some wonderful colleagues and Kate Lambrick I work with and my dad's diary is also closed. So always, we're always open to any kind of immunisation discussions or anything about homeoprophylaxis, of course, and same with my father. He's still will always take on cases to do with with homeopathic immunization mm-hmm. um because it is what we've what he's definitely specialized in and what i have just by <laughs> osmosis specialized in <laughs> but um i yes i have had to close my diaries or starting in october so you want to get in pretty quickly if you want to get a booking but i've had to close my diary to new clients um not including obviously homeopathic immunization but because I have all these amazing, beautiful people I care for and I'm not getting time to see them enough. So uh, just until the end of the year, until we kind of, you know, see how that goes. But my colleagues 100% are great. But if you have any questions, you, you know, feel free to email me. So info at leahgolden.com. So you can certainly send me an email and I'm really happy to refer you to someone or to, if it's for things like, you know, little protocols and stuff, sometimes we don't always need a consultation. There is some things like, some acute stuff and and you know I have a lot of blends that I use which are which are it's the sort of French way of using homeopathy where they kind of blend a few different remedies it's not classical but I love it so <laughs> I am classically trained where we usually give one remedy at a time but um I'm very modern homeopath so I just use what works clinically mm-hmm. so yeah so some stuff like send through a little a little thing I'm very happy to sort of have a little chat and um, help out but yes in terms of new clients I oh, sadly have to uh just have a little break for a while until things um until the world gets a bit healthier and I'm not as busy <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and do you have for your kits like obviously I've got my little kit that I sort of hand selected the remedies I want to mm. uh, in my clinic that anybody can purchase from from me mm-hmm. do you have a um a website or how do people have yeah, a yeah so a- I think the whole so my clinic is called holistic health masculine ranges um so holistic with a w so you can definitely jump onto the holistic health masculine ranges have a look at the kits yeah we sort of have larger kits um that are quite good and and they're a great investment even your little kits a brilliant investment um when I travel I only take sort of five or six remedies with me so I think your kit pretty much has what I would normally take um, with my kids, says they've got a few other remedies. There's some remedies you'll use all the time and there's some you might only use once a year, once every couple of years, but these remedies can last, as I said, like up to 10 years plus. So the Holistic Health Macedon Rangers website, uh, which is my clinic website, that has that there. My other website, which I'm about to um, do a little bit of a spruce up on, thanks to the Crumpet Club, who I'm going to start working with, the wonderful Amy D'Astasio. Um that I can't even remember if it's got the kits on there or not. <laughs> it should, it definitely should, but there's a good chance it doesn't. So yes, Layer Golden Homeopathy is is my website, but like I said, it hasn't had a lot of um, love and attention for a while. But the Holistic Health Mass and Rangers is also my website. So yeah, so and look, they're great. I just say everybody get a kit, get as many remedies as you can, and then. Um, start using them like all the kits usually come with a little bit of book or some instructions on how to use them and you just give it a go try it on your husband try it on the kids try it on yourself try it on your pets mm-hmm. like dogs and cats you know um, even chickens my chickens were getting broody and I gave them pulsatilla and she snapped out of it the next day so <laughs> it's amazing I was like wow pulsatilla there you go 
So chickens running around everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there you go, tarantula. Give them some tarantula. So (laughs) it's um, it's really yeah, getting a first aid kit is a really good investment, and that is a great way to, you know, enter the world of homeopathy with just doing simple everyday um prescribing for very simple conditions. So home prescribing, it's it's absolutely it would change your life. You know, coughs and colds and things that you think, oh, I have to go to the doctors and get some this or get that you don't even have to leave the house you just treat them with the remedy and always remember before we leave one one tip one my homeopathic tip Mm -hmm. um not as much profound as your wonderful last question (laughs) but one homeopathic tip i will say with anyone who's about to start using homeopathic medicines is very much um always remember that the vital force so vitality so there's four pillars of vitality so energy mood sleep and appetite so when those four things are good so we've got we've got a nice balanced emotions our our stress response is nice and balanced and and in proportion to what the stressor is if we've got good energy so we bounce out of bed in the morning within a couple of minutes and we don't need to nap throughout the day all the time obviously new mums this does not count to you Mm -hmm. uh with our sleep so we wake up refreshed so i don't care how long you sleep or how deep you sleep, if you need to wake up refreshed to have be classed as good sleep. And appetite. So we're craving healthy foods and, and a, a you know a proportional amount to them. So food, so appetite, sleep, mood and energy, those four signs are a sign that your vital force is is doing well. So when those things are out, so say you've got a really sick little child and they're, you know, lying in bed and they're all snotty and they're crying and you know, you see that out and you start to give them the remedies and all of a sudden the snot's still there and there's still a bit of a cough, but all of a sudden they're out of bed and they're hungry and they're sleeping through the night. That remedy's working and just keep going with it. Yeah. So the symptoms won't always change straight away. The body needs snot. The body needs coughing. It needs fevers. It, this is our immune system, you know, clearing out disease. It's That's a healthy, we love a fever in this. We never try to suppress fevers. But what the homeopathics will do and what you'll first see is that it will make the person better. It will raise their vitality. And then once that vitality is raised and we see that energy, mood, sleep, appetite start to improve, you're on your way to cure. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the tips and thank you for the chat. Thank you. Always lovely. We both love to talk, so this was always going to go well. <laughs> it was, and I didn't, I didn't address all the um, planned questions, but I think we we got a really good, good bit of ground covered there. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, and thank you for all your wonderful work that you do, promoting health and sharing what you know and who you know and and everything. <laughs> Even I love. I'm looking forward to all your next chats coming up as well. Oh, so. Good, good. But we've got we've got the herb guy next month, so that's going to be fun for you. Yes, beautiful. Yes, I'm very happy to if you if you know if there's interest, I'm very happy to do a little homeopathic first aid chat, and we can do like a bit of a slideshow. We you know we can do something in the future. Yeah, beautiful, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon okay. when I come see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. perfect. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.